0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Muriwa Kawaza, and for today, we do get into, you know, a bit of a preview before we get into uh, Finance Minister Inok Gondongwana's uh, maiden uh, full-year budget speech that is happening next week. Uh, for, for last week, we heard, uh, that we heard the SONA, that was the State of the Nation address, uh, that came from President Soros. Roma a post, sort of laying out um, what uh, the next year is going to be looking like in terms of government policy um, and the agenda from that point of view. Uh, but from there, next week, we then see how uh, the government seeks to actually do uh, the things that it wants to do and how it's going to fund, um, you know, those particular, you know, those particular agendas. And uh, last week, we actually spoke to um, the tax implications, uh, you know, with the people from sage um you know as well as uh, you know what's going on um you know in the in the macro economy uh with oxford economics but now we want to turn our attention to markets um you know simply to say that um there's all of this noise that uh, is made about all of these speeches and all of these upcoming speeches but on the ground what's actually happening uh because there's a lot of liquidity in this market are the market players themselves actually paying attention to all of this noise um you know, is it valuable that these speeches are being made? What's actually happening on the ground? What are they um, actually paying into? What's actually uh, been the thing that is moving the rand, you know, at the moment? Those are the uh, types of questions that we're going to uh, be hoping to get an understanding of. And to help us to unpack all of the issues uh, that we have to deal with uh, as we look forward to the budget speech and where the market um, is concerned, we are joined by Terence uh, who is a financial markets analyst at international multi-asset brokerage firm xness uh, to give us you know some of those insights terence greetings to you today
1: greetings uh Murillo, and good morning to everyone else uh good to be back on the show and thank you for the invitation uh Always good to, to have conversations with you, Mariwa, and uh, likewise, looking forward to having this particular conversation uh, around where markets are at the moment and possibly where they could be with the um, budget speech and thereafter.
0: Um I think maybe a good place for us to start you know before we do get into the budget speech things like sona um are these things you know just to um answer that question that we 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 posed at the beginning are these things that market players are actually uh paying attention to um or um is this uh, you know one of those things um that uh you know just ends up being noise <laughs>
1: Thanks, Muriwa. Um, so, I, I think the first thing is certainly um, these uh, uh, speeches, the announcements, and um, uh, you know, events are very crucial to to markets uh, to to an extent. Um, I think to to the wider extent, um, depending on you know uh, your trading book, for example. So, very important for the ren denominated uh, trading books uh, because. Uh, For example, you know, the SONA sets the tone of what the policy outlook is going to be like going into the future. So as as we are aware, that policy outlook is very important for the business landscape. And what does that mean for for business? Um, What we see on the charts is the price action reflective of the risk more off the risk or less off the risk, depending on a particular day or month or period. So, you know, for example, the sauna that we had uh, with the uh, South African president, uh, President Sierra Ramaphosa, and the, the points that he made, you know, sort of give an indication as to where the country is going. And that's very important. Uh, Also, for sentiment as well, you know, it does contribute to sentiment, and we saw in the previous midterm budget speech, um, where the then appointed um, finance minister, uh, Minister Enoch, then also mentioned that it is government that sets the policy, and from those policies, budget is then uh, set, and from budget being set, he then announces what this budget policy is going to be like, and adjustments, and etc. So, It is very important, you know, from a financial markets perspective, particularly the RAND-denominated books, to know exactly um, where things are going within South Africa.
0: Against that backdrop then, um, especially for I guess the the random denominated stuff, but I can also imagine that, you know, some of the other currency risks have to also uh been taken, you know, into account somehow, some way. Um, at the moment, what are some of the things that you are I guess looking out for, you know, for next week, uh, from a financial markets uh, you know, point of view? Uh either things that are gonna move the needle or at least things that you think uh, you know market players will be paying attention to to say okay fine um you know they've said this so that could possibly lead to a b c and d
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, quite an, uh, you know, a, a very good uh, question to ask. What what would I be looking for? And hopefully what are other analysts and other strategists and economists out there possibly looking out for? I think depending on where their particular positions are, everyone will be looking for or at things differently. But I think some of the key things were driven from uh, what the finance minister mentioned um, at the mid-term budget speech, which... I think sort of sets the position for market-friendly um, budget. Um, he seems to be very sound. Uh, he, he seems to be very balanced in terms of the language that he uses, the outlook uh, in terms of the fiscal position um, that he intends um, uh, South Africa to be in. And in one of those key words that, that I think were well received by markets when, when he mentioned that you can't make permanent spending um decisions on uh, on short term revenue increases and and this was on the back of that estimated 120 billion increase um driven by the the commodity uh price surge and that obviously increased um uh, the the miners uh, production the revenue that they collected and in turn the revenue that SARS managed to, to 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 collect so that then gives us an indication that that he is likely going to to, to be very balanced in terms of that fiscal spending. I think that is always the first important thing. Are we spending what we have and how much of it are we spending that we have? And uh, given uh, the point that he reiterated so many times when he said that 60% of the uh, non-interest spend is on social welfare, and, you know, the SONA again mentioned that extension of, of, of the uh, COVID um, announced uh, grant uh, that was meant and is meant to alleviate some pressures, especially for those um, receiving this grant. So the question then comes, uh, how is that going to be sustainable going into the next um financial year for, for, for South Africa and also um, from a financial perspective um, how is he going to announce that support around some of these uh, issues such as um, in. Imp- Unemployment that was, of course, um, uh, caused by retrenchments uh, in in in, during COVID and the lockdowns that came and the lack of business, and so so that is that balance and that conversation and that tone that we're looking to hear from 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 the finance minister. Uh, Now, how is that going to reflect in the in in the rand? Well, if we spend what we don't, for example, and we overcommit. On, on, on projects and expenditure that is not sustainable by the budget, right, that will inherently affect um, the, the, the government balance sheet, which they are trying to rectify, for example, by restructuring the, the, the state-owned enterprises, which you also mentioned, so that co- and again that was also mentioned by um the president sir uh, ramaphosa at the at the sona so you ca- you're starting to see a consistency in terms of that fiscal discipline that's coming through so that is going to be one of the most important things that will be very market friendly uh, receiving uh, a fiscal discipline or uh, balanced uh, uh, budget speech um, uh, coming into next week.
0: And when we, you know, think about some of those issues, because there's a lot that you've just mentioned, um, and I can imagine that from a strategist and analyst point of view, uh, there's a whole universe, you know, that we usually speak of, um, you know, of factors that uh, um, that people have to consider you know, when making some of these trading decisions, when, um you know deciding what you're actually going to be putting um your money into and especially if you're going to be basing those decisions based on what uh policy direction has been given and where um things uh you know things look like uh they're going to be going because I think that's where you know the magic source is always um the government is always um how, how can I can of put this president Sor-Amposa doesn't it sort of tells you where he wants to go right and uh it, we in the market sort of have to sit and try to figure out, you know, what does this mean, you know, for the different, uh, what you call this, uh, for the different positions, uh, that people, you know, that people, uh, have, you know, when thinking about that. But at least, you know, wouldn't you say that at least, uh the tone at the moment at least out of sona is at least business friendly you know to say that okay fine there's a recognition that private sector we need to be we need to be nice to these people especially if we're <laughs> especially if we're going to uh you know create the jobs you know that we say that we want to create otherwise we're just going to continue um having more and more years of this um I think the economists call it, um, you know, jobless, uh, jobless growth, you know, that the economy is growing, but, you know, uh, less and less people are being employed and taking advantage of the growth that we do see.
1: Yes. So, yeah, that that is uh, very true. I I think uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa has always sounded uh,
0: business friendly,
1: and I think, what was key in, in the last speech that um, he had at the, at the SONA was the acknowledgement of, you know, the need of business and more importantly, the need for government to create an environment that is very conducive for business to thrive and also removing that red tape for the smaller um businesses on the ground not just the big uh, ticket businesses but the smaller businesses for them to be able to to thrive as well um i think what was very positive was uh, you know his awareness of the small intricate issues uh, for example that video that he mentioned of that uh, lady who was selling uh, merchandise on the on the side of the road so that level of awareness becomes very encouraging, and uh, it's measured through sentiment, you know, business confidence, uh, general sentiment in the market, and the more positive sentiment you start having in the market, the more it also gears up and increases that momentum to, to do business. Now, with regards to his acknowledgement, where he said 80% of the employment, um, of the employed, is coming from the private sector. Now, being business friendly, is not only allowing um companies to to employ more individuals what it's also doing from a financial market's perspective investors are looking where to put money in and foreign direct investment is not only in the form of cash that comes chasing um, you know, projects in terms of infrastructure projects uh, on the ground. It also comes through uh, investments through uh, equity markets. Now, what are equity investors looking for? They're looking for a thriving business that's going to return capital. Well, first of all, your capital needs to be safe. Secondly, it's going to return uh, that investment in the form of dividends and capital appreciation, right? So once they create that environment, that gives an outlook that businesses in South Africa are likely going to be, um, you know, uh, prosperous going into the future. Myself as an investor holding, call it $100 million, I now start seeing South Africa is very attractive. Now, $100 million at the current exchange rate is about, call it, 1.5 billion rand that's coming into the market now. That's you know, quite a sizable uh, piece of business in terms of an investment, a direct investment, whether be it in one transaction or a series of uh, transactions. Again, The risk profile of the country as well becomes very attractive, and this is seen through the government bonds. Um, You investing in South African government bonds, you've got the chances of getting your money back. So let us go in there. They're yielding um, a a good um, yield for you to get those coupon payments uh, every quarter. Big plus, so let's invest in that. And that's the money that government also then uses to, uh, on the fiscal side to, to, to stimulate the economy. So it, from that uh, speech, uh, from these type of speeches, it then gives a tone in terms of what investors and market players tend to then look forward to uh, going into the future and what they will need to consider of their investment mandates.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, there's a there's a lot to consider, but um, at least we do have um, that, uh, you know, that sentiment at the moment sort of seems positive, uh, particularly when it comes to businesses. But, you know, as with a lot of things in South Africa, the execution is going to need to be very, uh, you know, very tightly done, uh, because there's always a lot of well laid out plans now, uh, but actually executing on those plans is something else. Um, so from that, Point of view, maybe we can switch over at this point in the conversation, you know, to get your take. Um, you know, at the moment, how are the markets, you know, currently looking? I'm not sure, um, you can literally, uh, maybe tell us what you're keeping, um, an eye on. I think our last discussion with you, um, was primarily focused on, you know, the RAND and stuff like that. But, you know, perhaps there's certain asset classes that, you know, you're looking at or keeping an eye on, um, and you think will be particularly affected uh, by any of the statements that Minister Gondongwana will make next week?
1: Well, uh, yeah, this is quite an interesting uh, time to be alive in financial markets uh, (laughs) as we were (laughs) (laughs) conversing before we went live. Um, And and I think uh, a lot of what could happen, what could start the year off, you know, in terms of volatility, in terms of uh, price action in the market is pretty much happening now. Uh, I think one of the biggest um, starts, the key theme is that uh, sort of transition uh, to some extent of what uh, some health experts are beginning to feel is the endemic of this pandemic, of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, that we are now becoming, beginning the, the the end of it. Now that becomes very positive and we're starting to see, uh, for example, uh, certain mandates, uh, mask mandates being lessened in some countries uh, and in some parts of some countries as well. So that's starting to send a positive uh, signal out there. Everyone wants this pandemic to end. Everyone wants to uh, return to to some kind of normalcy. And Another uh, second uh, indicator of returning to some kind of normalcy is the increase of movement around, uh, bid through uh, travel, uh, primarily through travel, uh, intercontinental travel and regional travel that has been on the increase as well. Including local travel, individuals are starting to go back to offices where you actually have more feet going through doors, and as opposed to purchasing uh, online, uh, more consumers are beginning to uh, purchase products in the actual physical uh, stores. And with that return to normalcy, it's returned, uh, you know, an an extent of... Of geopolitical risks as well, uh, as we've seen with the recent or and the current, actually, uh, Russia Ukraine crisis. That's, uh, you know, literally uh, has had uh, the entire world on the edge at the moment. Uh, And it's still a developing story. Some days look very positive, uh, which I think is called, which we should term uh, cautious optimism, uh, as we saw earlier in the week. Uh, when, when it seemed as though the, the situation was uh, de-escalating, tensions diffusing, Russia mentioning that it's starting to return troops uh, back to base. But uh, top of the morning yesterday, Thursday, we're hearing um, or reading headlines rather of you know uh, shots being fired, uh, shelling happening in, 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 in certain parts around that uh, border area. So that inherently brought back that risk factor. And th- that also becomes positive for some asset classes. For example, you asked of the question, what am I watching? Gold, for example, is, is, is an asset class. That's quite interesting at the moment. Where gold was at the beginning of the year and where we are, um, you know, halfway through February is, is, is two, you know, uh, contrasts. Beginning of the year, the interest rate, um, narrative was big caused by high inflation, you know, that's ravaging most global economies. Um, The US Federal Reserve uh, is perceived to be behind the interest rate hiking curve in terms of responding to inflation now gold and inflation have that inverse relationship as gold is not an interest paying uh, asset so it tends it tends being the keyword not to do well <laughs> in high interest rate environments hence we saw quite a, uh, a big sell-off of gold beginning of the year now go into this geopolitical risk high tensions volatility is high and gold begin began to 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 glitter it got it shined back, and no one anticipated that inflation is still high, but uh, gold is uh, glittering at the moment, driven by that geopolitical risks and tensions at the moment so that's a very interesting asset class um, that, that, that i 'm keeping an eye on as well
0: uh, i'm pretty sure that you know in equities uh, you know the companies that are actually mining gold are also are possibly smiling uh from the from the u s dollars that they're making uh from that <laughs> resurgence <laughs> from that resurgence uh you know in the gold price and uh at a time like this when we see um a run on the oil price, one wishes that South Africa was one of those countries that also <laughs> that was in the mining industry uh you know to take uh you know to take advantage of that and you know I think maybe that's one of the places we could possibly end off uh, because from a geopolitical point of view, all of the things that you mentioned just now, uh, particularly this Russia Ukraine thing. It's been quite interesting to see that, you know, having some effect, uh, you know, on oil markets. And obviously yes. in South Africa, we're now anticipating that fuel is going to be touching 20, I think 21 Rand something, something, um, in the coming weeks, uh, because of, you know, the, the increasing, um, you know, in oil prices and, I guess it's to the point you made at the very beginning to say the markets at the moment, it depends on who and what you are. You know yeah. where you're placed. If you're a consumer, you're crying about fuel. You know, <laughs> if you are a trader in commodities, particularly around oil, you're probably smiling right now, yes, right? Yeah. If you're a fuel importer, you are just uh, you know <laughs> sweating, <laughs> massage sweating, and you know uh, your your head. But also at the same time, they're all of these risks, and they lend themselves uh, to this whole interest rates and inflation thing because all of these things have the potential at least in south africa uh because we are not an oil producing country to push up those consumer prices what is that going to do to um the reserve banks interest rate cycle you know does that model you know that they put out last year is it still um you know relevant in in that environment or are they going to have to rejig you know all of that so maybe you could um you know just give us your view uh you know just around you know that one
1: yeah, I think starting off uh, on on uh, on my view on that last point that you made, what what is very uh, sound in in South Africa is our uh, Reserve Bank, uh, the South African Reserve Bank, and the governance around it. Um, they are doing a stellar job, and I think uh, one thing that is very evident in terms of how the Reserve Bank approaches each. Um, Monetary policy decision is they really take a look at all the factors that are affecting uh, or that are driving inflation, both internal and external factors. And of those external factors, they try to isolate whether these are temporary uh, shifts or an actual uh, uh, consistent uh, or persistent. Trend in a particular direction now, for example, one of the drivers of inflation for us that uh, comes from external factors is uh, around oil, which inherently affects our fuel prices and Once fuel goes up it 's a base commodity in terms of transportation of the goods, getting your apple at at pick and pay or you know um, or, or your wine at woolies so that um, is one commodity that the central bank um, keeps an eye on now if if we look at the current um, global trend that is going oil is perceived to possibly um, move higher you know as the year goes this was uh, then further uh, pushed by this uh, current um, current uh, geopolitical risk that we have why is that because Russia. Russia is one of the biggest oil producers in the world now, if Russia goes into some kind of invasion is is is, is thought might happen. Then that is seen to to disrupt the the supply of already constrained uh, oil at the moment. One of the reasons the oil prices are moving high is due to supply uh, chain constraints and uh, the the production of it that's, that is behind because of the lockdowns that happens now once you, now that you have if you if you have russia offline for example that 's only going to excavate uh, the situation so it 's not something that we want. For us in South Africa, uh, we've got the budget speech, and one of uh, the, 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 the points that uh, everyone is going to be looking out for next week is what the finance minister is likely to do on that field levy. Which some are expecting might be increased by you know um, uh, about nine cents uh, possibly, Um, and we hope it's not uh, as you mentioned (laughs) because we are on the other end; we are the consumers on the Mm. demand side of the curve. So, the the central bank as well, uh, the South African central bank, has been um, quite um, uh, uh, has made their decisions in good time in terms of being. On point with the curbing of inflation, as we've seen in the last print, it has, it has moved lower now at 5.7 percent. Possibly at the next intre, uh, at the next meeting, another interest rate hike, which means inflation is starting to come back to that um, midpoint that uh, they, they, they always feel more comfortable, um, however. If these um, uh, issue, uh, these particular geopolitical uh, risks uh, prevail, supply chain uh, constraints prevail, that inherently will again put that pressure on that oil price, which will might bring or drive inflation a little bit higher for us, being one of uh, the significant uh, inflation drivers uh, from external factors. Um, in terms of uh, markets uh, in general um, going into uh, next week, I-, I think a bit of sideways trading is uh, the, the the investors and traders wait to actually hear the actual announcements in terms of that execution. You mentioned that there's a lot of Talk that has happened, and one of that one of those execution points is going to be through uh, the actual announcements that's going to come through the finance minister in terms of supporting what the president has said in terms of inducing that uh, development and growth that we so much need in the country.
0: No, certainly going to be a speech uh, that uh, cert- that needs to be watched, that needs to be paid attention to. That we're all going to be taking notes um, of. So that was us. We were with uh, Terence Hove. <clears throat> he is a financial markets analyst um, over at international multi-asset brokerage firm Xness, giving us some insight um, into what the markets are looking like um, right now, especially um, as we're sitting in between. Uh, Last week's uh, State of the Nation Address by President Soroma Posa and looking forward to uh, the budget speech um, by uh, Minister F- uh, Finance Minister Eno Gondongwana uh, next week you know as he gives us some concrete details as to how the government is going to be able to do um, you know what it's doing and uh, Terence just giving us some insight uh, around you know the different factors um, that have to be you know thought about at the moment obviously uh, some of the big issues is of is employment uh but at the same time we have to factor in uh the general risk of inflation um which is um which is a big fear that is there in the local car- in the local market, but also globally we've seen a lot of moves uh from developed and developing countries you know making interest rate decisions because there's a lot more movement now there's a lot more trading uh there's a lot more travel there's just more happening now we're no longer uh, in the lockdown that we were in in 2020 so as things are coming back up there is uh, a lot of pressure you know on inflation and central banks around the world and particularly in South Africa we'll all be watching that and the oil price um, you know I never thought I'd be talking this much about the oil price um, in my life but when fuel touches 20 rand and above um, you definitely need to become you know somewhat uh, of, some, of a person that's at least looking uh, to see what's going on over Um, in the oil markets. Terence, always good to talk to you.
1: Thank you, Mudiwa. Likewise, always fabulous to to, to be on your show and thank you for the invitation. And uh, yeah, look forward to the speech next week. This is Mudiwa's Tech
0: very fascinating discussion with Terence and I guess it lends itself to the myriad of factors um, that uh, Minister pondawana is probably gonna have to consider and is considering right now in terms of finalizing that budget speech if it's not already um, you know uh, finalized um, in its in its form probably getting um, you know the final approvals from whoever else uh, needs to read it right now but going forward the execution is gonna definitely uh, need to be there, especially when you have a speech uh, from Sona that comes out as being very business friendly. And then after that state of the nation, one expects that the budget is also going to need to be business friendly. Otherwise, it just ends up being us uh, paying lip service uh, to say that um, the ease of business needs to be uh, needs to be increased. So all of those different factors are going to need to be taken into consideration. And I think the other piece, um, when it comes to the budget, and this is a perennial issue is uh, just looking to see uh, where the reallocations are going to um, have to happen because um, there's a lot of competing interests, uh, but you know, the changing times mean that some interests, uh, you know, now get um, heavier weighting over others. You know, one can think about uh, some of the talks that are there about uh, government taking on more of ESCOM's debt, where's that money gonna come from? There's only so much that the debt markets uh, can give to government, they are likely going to have to reallocate uh, from the existing budget. And then on top of all of that, social spending, um, you know, how is that going to be looking? And also the public sector wage bill. Is this something that uh, Minister one is going to, you know, tackle um, here head on? Or are we going to find ourselves in another situation, in another cycle where uh, it's an issue that is um, sort of uh, put down? You say a little bit of something now and then just hope that you're actually going to address it later on because um, in some cases, if people aren't careful, then we then find ourselves. Uh, The classic example at the moment is what's going on with ESCOM and NERSA. Almost every single year, we hear ESCOM um, asking for income increases the nurse are giving it increases that are below um, what it's asking for and past a certain point it means that escom is producing um, electricity um, at a higher rate than what it's receiving uh, from the consumers and you need to correct uh, for all of that and at the moment the part of that correction because um, when you're talking about uh, escom it's never one thing uh, it's a number of contributing issues but one of the symptoms um, of everything we've just spoken about is where you see a twenty percent hike happening in w- at one time, and you get that shock. And you know some of those shocks could be avoided um, if more consistent action is taken over time.